Welcome to So Many Places to Go, the podcast for meeting and event professionals. You can catch updates and info at the end, but right now, let's get going with a new episode. All right, hello everyone and welcome to So Many Places to Go. We are back today with a super special episode, part of a new series we're doing on planner perspectives. So today, I am your host, Katie Duhon. I have my wonderful co-host, Amanda Duran, with me. Hello, everyone. And our guest today is actually a fellow planager, Logan Besterda. And Logan, did I say it right? Yeah, you did good. Yay! Yay! Okay, so today on on this perspective series, we are talking to Logan because she's really bringing that point of view of an AMC or association management company, planner perspective, association business, having several different clients that she works with and juggling and working with lots of different clients as, at once. And um, it's kind of a fun conversation because what Logan does and the company she works for is very similar to IMM and what we do and how we work. And um, that's always nice to have that parallel. I can say I've known Logan now for a couple of years, actually. We serve on a board of HSAE together and recently we have the distinct pleasure to plan a hybrid event together. And we are both laughing because um, it was growing. It was humorous. It was what else, Logan? Hard. It was hard. hard. But it was a lot of fun. You know, I mean, it was definitely, it, it was a good first glance at what a hybrid event is like. Amen. Hybrid aside, we get to get back to our roots and talk about actually planning at live events. So, right, so many places to go is all about venues and destinations and places that we like to host live events. And I guess technically hybrid too, you know, but um, anyway, so that's that's what we want to talk about and kind of get your perspective on today. So Logan, tell our audience a little bit about you, um, what company you're with, like, where are you today? Where are you at home? Are you at the office? What's up? Sure. So, um, so I am in Houston, um, at our lovely new office, um, in the spring branch area of Houston. So we're, um, off of I-10 near the Galleria, but we love our new office. It's, it's nice, uh, with COVID, most people are at, at home, but um, but there are a couple of us that have come into the office every day, which I get to be one of. So I work for Association Management Consultants. We're a full-service management company. Um, we do events, trade shows, galas, conferences, everything in between, um, as well as manage uh, clients. Most of our clients are chapters of Houston-based associations. We do have some state associations as well as um, a couple of regional organizations that we work with and then one national association. So, you know, we do about 800 events a year um, and that's a new anywhere from a five person meeting to a 1200 person conference. So, um, so to say that we like events is, is an understatement. We love <laughs> events and we're so sad to not have live events, but we've gotten, we were getting back into them. So we're excited. Yeah. That's awesome. How many people are on your team or in your company? Like 800 events is a lot. How many people do you have supporting that? Uh, about 10. Okay. Yeah. So planners out there, if you can do math <laughs> divided by 10 is more than any of us even want to think about. Which tells me, um, and there's no chance all 800 are one place. So we want to dig into how the heck do you source 
venues, destinations, locations, whatever it might be for that many events. So let's jump right in. I want to know what is your process for looking for a venue? Like, where do you even start? Sure. Well, so most of our events are usually, since since a lot, most of our associations are chapters of a national organization, they have regular occurring meetings. So they'll meet anywhere from one to six times a month. Well, we have one group that does eight, but that's a whole different story. But a lot of them are looking for this. They want to be at the same venue at the same time on the same date each month. So that kind of takes a lot of the real kind of guesswork out of the out of the planning. So for anything that has like a regular meeting, most of them are going to be at the same place at lunch on the second Thursday of every month. And that's easy. So we have a couple of venue partners that we've worked with for a very long time, like Maggiano's, the Junior League, where we know their price point is going to work for our client. Um, we know what the AV setup looks like. Um, we know <laughs> we know those salespeople very well. Like you know, maybe even have their cell phone numbers. Um, right. So, so you know, we work with them quite often, and so that makes it really easy for us to say, hey, you know, here's a here's a here's a good couple of venues for you to look at for either your breakfast, lunch, or dinner meeting. We know what the price points are. This is kind of what it is. So we don't have to venue source too much for those meetings. Mm -hmm. um, it's really when you get into the larger conferences or the half day, multi-day sessions, that's where we look for the different larger venues around town. So, um, I mean, I, and, you know, where do they want to be? Is it the Woodlands? Right. Is it the Galleria? Is it downtown? Is it Sugarland? Anywhere in between um, type thing. So, right. so we are able to kind of talk to those hotels, look at um, what that looks like. But for a lot of the events that we do on a regular basis, they're very, they're very kind of standard. So we're, yeah. you know, we're going to those venues. I mean, there's sometimes I'm like, hey, Maggiano, see you Thursday. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be back. Luckily, I picked a different menu. <laughs> So, yeah, we need the Mariana's pasta every right. every well, there's time, second Tuesday. There's times when you're like, uh, I don't think I want to eat chocolate cake four days in a row. Like, what? What well, else like can the, we? That's like the beauty of being the planner, right? Like nobody else knows the menu, so you're like, I like lemon. Maybe we'll have lemon. <laughs> And uh, Amanda's, Amanda's, I'm sure, laughing because I always pick the lemon item on the menu. <laughs> yeah. All of my meetings have a lemon dessert involved. But no, I, okay, so you mentioned that. And I think it's important to know, like, number one for our listeners, we're all three based in Houston. So Logan's mm -hmm. in Houston, we're in Houston. Um, when we're talking about Maggiano's, that's a restaurant. And um, the Junior League, like, these are different kind of venues. And so part of, on the, the podcast, it's not just hotels. It's mm -hmm. restaurants, it's museums, it's meeting facilities. So you guys are saying like, you're not just looking at a hotel or a mm -hmm. conference space. Like you're looking at all kinds of things, depending on the size of your group and where they are. Mm -hmm. And to your point, what time are they meeting? If it's a lunch, mm -hmm. maybe a restaurant is a really great place to have that. Cause a lot of restaurants actually have that built in AV. They have a screen and projector there. A lot of people may not realize that restaurants have little meeting venues built right in. That's a huge piece for us because, you know, we want to, we, you know, because our clients for us are long-term clients, but, you know, we want to keep them and they do stuff monthly. You know, we not only want to get them 
out across town, but we want to make it easy for people to get in, um, to get to the meeting. You know, most of our meetings that that are like the lunches kind of are our bread and butter. If you're looking for 50 to 150 people on a, on an average, usually kind of is about a hundred. Um, so it's not, it's not a small meeting, but it's not particularly like, it's not a 800 person conference, you know, like with right. five breakout rooms and, you know, signage everywhere. Like it's, it's right. Your RFP is not what RFP, right? <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's just a text message to Jill at the <laughs> right or whatever it is. So, okay. So if I'm hearing like part of your process and like the, the like sort of your checklist, right? Not the RFP, mm-hmm. but the list of like, how do I, how are you going about is like location and mm-hmm. size and mm-hmm. type of meeting or time of day, but then also things like parking, like what's your parking mm-hmm. situation? How can I make this easy on my people? Um, yeah. Are there any other just like key factors that you're like, these are the five questions I always make sure that I ask. And that's how I get started before I dive into you. Minimum. I mean, okay. that's, that's huge. Yeah. Just because, you know, if my minimum is $5,000 for a hundred person lunch, that's, that's going to break the bank, you know, right. that's, it's a, they can't, they can't spend that, you know, it's, right. it's got to keep it reasonable. So 800 events, I'm going to keep going back to that. It is so many. <laughs> I know a lot of people out there relate to you. Um, I think we're on the other side, like yeah. Amanda and I are much more well-versed in the 800 person conference and the 1200 yeah. person dinner. So it's a little bit different, but I'm curious, you know, with so many different places, what are things that you, that no matter if it is, you know, a big exhibit hall or a restaurant, what are things that you always remember about a place? I would say staff, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's, that's huge. I, I, I wrote a, like a, you get those surveys after each event. And I wrote a survey one time to a venue that I go to very frequently. It was a hotel that we did a lot of, I hosted a lot of luncheons there as well as courses. So we had multi-day courses that were there. And I put in one of the uh, evaluations about one of the facility guys, you know, Kenny was amazing. He made sure my room layout was exactly what I needed. And he was there at 5.30 a.m. when I was there, you know, setting up. And I don't think he'd ever been talked about in an evaluation before. Because the next time I saw him, he was like, hey, (laughs) hi, Kenny, how's it going? I mean, like, literally knew him for... I mean, like if I saw him on the street today, I, w- I mean, it's been probably five years since I've seen him, but right. I mean, we worked together for almost 10 years for this, for these courses. So, I mean, just like the little things, it really is. It's, it's the banquet manager that remembers that you like refreshed Tazo tea, yes. you know, and it's right. like, like, oh, or a bucket or of ice. ice. Yep. <laughs> I think I just got the same thing. <laughs> a bucket of ice. Yeah, that's one of our <laughs> one of our staples for us is we always have to have a bucket of fresh ice, you know. So we like it our is cold in water. our spec sheet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we like our ice water. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Amanda, you know, I mean, this look at that just points to the fact that the the entire reason we even started this podcast is because it's a relationship business. And mm-hmm. it's you build relationships and you work with these people long term, these people being everyone involved in the process. Mm-hmm. And um, Amanda, the the Are you asked me about the guy from the uh, guy in Arizona. Yes, was Peter. it at La Paloma? Peter. Yes. I was gonna Peter. say Philip. Peter. Peter. Peter 
was awesome. Peter would show up in the morning, knew our coffee orders. Then he would come for like a break and give us a smoothie because we needed energy. And then he was like, you guys are working really hard. I'm bringing you guys lunch. And we're just like, oh, oh my God. Before we even could think about ourselves, Peter was there to just take oh, care yeah. of us. And it was- And remembered what we liked. Like he would yes. bring Amanda a burger and me a plate of grilled vegetables and like, mm-hmm. just like our preferences overall. Yes. I mean, it was amazing. Yes. But so yeah, yeah. the staff is, is you're, you're right. They really do make a difference. Uh, I was somewhere on my birthday and they like, I don't know how they even found out it was my birthday, but they found out it was my birthday and they brought me like a special cake. And it was like, I mean, I mean, it was just like, wow, I've known you for, you know, 12 hours. <laughs> Thank you for celebrating. <laughs> <my birthday." laughs> right? no so, I mean, it just, it makes a big difference. Or even, you know, we had an event at one of the big conference hotels and it wasn't a huge event. I mean, it was, you know, 400 people. So it's not, I mean, it wasn't small, but it's still, it's, they're the convention hotel. They're mm-hmm. used to thousands of people. And I have a, you know, half day conference with them. And, you know, she got to know me and said, Hey, you know, like, what do you like? And they put this whole basket together for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was about to go on vacation to Spain and they were like, enjoy Spain. And I was like, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it's, it really was, it was the little things and it was, you know, it's going above and beyond to say like, Hey, can I make you a custom menu? Because this entree salad that's on our menu sheet is priced at $48 a person for an entree salad. And my budget's really like 35. What can you do for me? (laughs) I have to say, I, I am always impressed. I've like, since the time that you and I've been working together, I've gained a sense of like, it's okay to just ask. Cause I've seen you with just so much confidence, like reach out to people and ask or say, we asked so-and-so over this. And it's just like, it's, there's a difference between like negotiating a deal, right. Mm -hmm. With somebody who maybe you're working with for a first time, or, you know, maybe you're trying to figure out which venue you're going to pick versus like when you have those relationships or, you know, people or just have that confidence of how to, how to relate I think you do a really great job of saying like, we asked for this or we're doing this and just like really working with your hotel partners. I've, I've seen that. So kudos. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I feel like one, you, you know, you get a hundred percent of what you don't ask for, right? Like mm-hmm. if you, if you don't at least have a conversation, it doesn't have to be mean. And, and if the answer's no, the answer's no, that's fine. But that's been huge. I think within just, just talking with hotel venues. I mean, like that's been the hugest thing with COVID is I've had to go back to venues. And I mean, I mean, we have a lot of events going on, you know, like, the, and, yeah. and we have a lot of events at, you know, a couple of venues. So like one of our venue partners probably has six or seven of our clients that do monthly events at them. And we're like, Hey, <laughs> they're all canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Can you can you move our deposits? Yeah, please. <laughs> and you know, and most of them have been great about it. And it, it's uh, you know, it was hard for one of our bigger conferences that I have working with that hotel partner. You know, you could just you could just tell they just have been you know beaten up and beaten up and beaten up over stuff. And I'm like, look, I I don't want to fight with you. Like I really don't. Like I I mean I just want us to come to like what's the best you know, what can we figure out? And then 
if you can work with me here, I'm going to try to find you more business mm-hmm. because I know what's coming down the pipeline for us. Right. And if you, you help us, then I want to get you access to our HSAD you know, mm-hmm. group. I want to get you access to other clients that I have that are looking for things like, how can I help you? Like, work with me. This doesn't have to right. be the end of our transaction. Okay, gang, I'm going to take a quick detour, so stay with me here. As you get to know the IMM team as your hosts, we also want you to get to know IMM as a company too. In a nutshell, we are a meeting, events, and consulting firm going on 35 years of great service and relationships. We're bringing you this podcast to support our industry, which is built on some of the things that we also value most, like great relationships, collaboration, and delivering incredible experiences. We work with clients in whatever capacity they need, be it full service or a la carte. So take a minute and type in immwow.com and go check out our list of services to find out more about what we can do for and with you. I might be biased, but I have to say, I love working with our team and I know that you will too. Until then, safe travels and happy listening. What sort of like tips or things have you learned in your experience of how to work really well and build those relationships with your venue partners? Like what kind of things? And I think one of the things you just said that clicked was finding ways to to work with them in the sense of like, let me bring you other business, like promoting them, being truly being like an advocate or an endorser of them as well. Is there anything else that you found just works really well in that relationship? Being able, like, like before, I mean, being able to just be like, we're all human, you know? And and I think giving people that grace has been huge, especially going through what we did in 2020. Like nobody's in a good situation. You know, everybody's losing money. I'm talking to the director of sales, not, you know, like salesperson number 15. Like it's, poor guy, like, hi. He's like, I just, you know, I remember this one conversation. It's just like, this is, this is my day every day. Like this is, I just have these conversations all day long, every day. Nobody, you know, nobody wants to meet. Nobody wants to meet nobody. And you're just like, gosh, that sucks. (laughs) And that's, that's so hard, right? Because like, it's, it's not like, oh, hotels or meetings are like out now, right? Like they're like they're off trend or they're going away. Like this isn't like, I guess to give like an obvious example, like nobody wants to be in like VHS sales anymore, right? Like nobody wants to be a salesperson at Blockbuster, not because it's having a hard time, but because like that trend changed. The meetings are coming back. Mm-hmm. These people still want to be in their roles. They want to be there to to bring it back and to work with us and to be the ones to welcome us back and be a part of mm-hmm. of getting everything back up to to speed, back up to normal, you know, whatever it is. So what a hard position to be in to know, like, I, you know, like you don't want to leave. And also, you know, like you just like you just want to, like, make phone calls and take a meeting every day. Like, oh, hotel you- partners out there. We love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I mean, and we are here for you and the podcast is here for you. (laughs) We are coming back, (laughs) but it's been, it's been really nice to get, I mean, like we had an in-person event at this hotel because what we negotiated was basically we're going to have a couple of events because I need to, you know, move this really large minimum over a couple of events because I don't know what the conference is going to look like. You know, it's going to be very different and, you know, just being able to have a, have a, Hey, this is my bottom. 
you know, like this is my bot, like I can take this back to the client or I can take this back to the client, but like, what's the best place that we can get to where we're both, we're both in a good place. But yeah, I mean, when we went to this in-person event, which I was like, we're going to have 20 people. We had nine and had it as a hybrid meeting, but I'll tell you what, like you could see how happy everybody was to be working like yeah they were like we're so glad you're here <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. do you need <laughs> so after after the event that you and i did at the hill of americas i don't know if i ever told you this story but i had one of the best one of these like memorable moments in a meeting planner's career right everybody had cleared out i finally sat down to like have lunch i'm sitting there you know everybody's gone i've i've packed everything up and i'm sitting there finally eating my lunch um, I, and I can't remember his name, but the guy who was in charge of the light bulbs and like, that is, and, and like, here's what I learned. That is a whole job. And we're talking about like a giant hotel, right? Like mm-hmm. that is no small job. <laughs> and so he's in charge of the light bulbs, but he had been walking through. And of course he sat, you know, on the far opposite side of the room and sat down and took a break and I was eating lunch and we enjoyed each other's company and had this whole conversation not only did I learn about lighting and light bulbs in the hotel, which was sounds a little silly and totally fascinating. And yeah. like he like told me like the number of light bulbs that like were in one chandelier. And it was just, I was just like, I can't. Like this is way over my head. <laughs> but I also learned about like his his marriages and his family and all these things. But and it was it was like funny, but it was also so just like heartwarming and endearing. And we just had this moment and it was the same kind of thing. And then like on my way out, I went and sat in uh, Matthew's office, the director of catering up there. And we had some great conversations that we never would have had otherwise, mm-hmm. but the time to spend together and everybody to be there and be working on an event and like have that connection. And like those interactions that sometimes are smaller, it was just, I felt the exact same thing. Like everybody was so glad to be there and to be a part of it. And you could feel it. Mm-hmm. No, completely. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you what, the strongest drinks I've ever had at a hotel, we're like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, you've been pouring at home, haven't you? (laughs) Because these are, these are stout drinks. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It's a real uh, quarantine pour, isn't it? Can I get get a taller class? Like, (laughs) I you know drink. more than one glass fits in a wine glass. Right. Yeah, you can keep going. Yeah, like, oh man, this is stout. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Okay, so uh, so steering back on track just a little bit. The the podcast, you know, so many places to go. Our this series is our like planner perspective. We want to you know hear from you guys because we're having these conversations with venues and destinations and of all kinds. And our goal as, you know, I am and me and Amanda, Amanda and everybody, our goal is to sort of be the voice of the planner and kind of be that guide through conversations with these places and ask those questions and get the information about the venue. Also get to hear some things that we don't normally get to hear, some of these stories, mm-hmm. and to ask the questions that planners want to ask, right? Because we want mm-hmm. the sales pitch. We want to hear everything you have to offer and how many sleeping rooms and how many on peak and and how much square footage, but then also like the best example I always get our listeners, I'm going to have to find a better example because our listeners are going to get so tired of this one, but it's talking about square footage, right? Like every planner tell you, like, don't tell me square footage. Tell me how many tables fit in a room, like how many banquet. That's what I can see in my mind. That's what makes sense to me. And so our goal is to, to guide our listeners through this and let everybody be able to listen to the podcast and almost like 
have that conversation that we would normally have at like an industry event in person um, or even over a phone call, but to kind of have that vicariously through us. So that being said, part of the reason we want to do this series is to find out from all different types of planners, what questions are you always looking for when you're talking to a venue, maybe you're at an industry event and you're doing speed dating, right? Like what questions are you actually asking? What do you really want to know if you're genuinely looking at this place, if you're genuinely curious about a venue, what are the questions on your list? What are you looking to ask? I mean, I think the biggest piece is definitely, I mean, it always kind of comes down to minimum for us, you know, mm-hmm. minimum, is there a room fee? You know, what AV is built in, you know, what are you like, what are you, what am I going to have to bring in versus what do you have? You know, yeah, it's truly great. when you're looking at restaurants, sometimes you're like, you don't have a screen. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, what comes in our, our kind of, you know, standard issue is going to be a computer projector, computer for your registration, your name tags, mm-hmm. tablecloths, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if I don't have room to like my car with the car seat is not going to fit <laughs> a 10 foot screen in it to, you know, like I, I can't, the biggest thing that I haul around is going to be a microphone that's from Costco that's on a wheelie. And it's really just meant for those outside tours that don't have AV and that's all the AV that we're showing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of, you know, being able to just kind of really know what the setup is. And I think big hotels do this really well. And so I think some of the restaurants don't know as, as well are saying like, what's your true max? Not like how many people can you cram into that room, but like how many people can you fit comfortably in that room with space to walk around? That's, and in some hotels, you definitely, I mean. With the chairs pulled out, like once everybody's sitting down. Right. Yeah. And we all have to like, inch around a table. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pretend that everybody's going to be a 250 pound man in a suit. And yeah. how many people can you fit in that room? Yeah. Tell me based on that. Cause you know, then I'll, I'll really know. But yeah, I mean, I think you're right, Katie. I see rooms in banquet rounds. I have fun going, huh? Is this like two, 280? Yeah. Like, you know, they'll tell me, yeah. then they'll tell me square footage and I'm like, okay, cool. And you would That's think great. by now like you could convert. <laughs> no. like, I feel like somehow, like, I know that there are planners out there. Listen, guys, if you're listening and you have some amazing like mnemonic device or like brain conversion tool to like, just like in your mind visually go like, oh, 250 people on a bacon round. You go, blah, 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 this many square footage. Like, please mm-hmm. like send us a message and tell us because this is a skill (laughs) and we would like to do an episode with you because this is a skill we yeah and I'm talking 72 inch 10 tops Mm -hmm. not eight tops because I can't do math in eight tops as well (laughs) right (laughs) and eight tops I feel like unless you really have a funky room is a waste of space you're you're, like just throw 10 tops in why do I need eight tops I had a client I know that eight is less than 10. Exactly. I had a client that um, used to sell their sponsorships with their top sponsorships, got tables of eight, but the rest of the room was set in tables of 10. So I would have to tell the venue, I need seven tables of eight in the front with mm-hmm. this table can be a table of 10 and everything back from that. And this was like a monthly luncheon. And I'm like, guys, tables of 10, tables of 10. Yeah, right, like, right. 
why are we doing this to ourselves? Like we made this sponsorship package. Why would we make it tables of eight? Like, yeah, you know, I, I, you say that Amanda and I helped out sort of like in some of the like sponsorship planning for an event, mm-hmm. at, I guess now two years ago, I don't know, timelines, right? <laughs> um, COVID makes everything confusing. I don't know what day it is, but it was the same kind of thing. And we were so confused because even if we're going to set a table for eight, we plan everything in 10. And I was like, so this level is eight and this one is 10, but then I'm doing math and I'm like, why, why are we doing this? And mm-hmm. again, planner out there. Hello, who is doing this? If there's a really great reason I don't understand, feel free to uh, shout out and let us know. Maybe there's I'm not. missing it. No, there's <laughs> there's not. There's just make it a table of ten. Because mm-hmm. I mean, truly, that was that was a, the reason we couldn't make a tables of eight is because we were hitting max capacity. So for that room, we're trying to fit. 300 people in this room and I have to have seven to eight tables of eight right. at the front. But I, I mean, it's just, then you get into real bad math and it's too hard. So yeah, change, just keep Ooh. it all the same. Keep yeah, it all keep the it same. Simple. Okay. So let's go yeah. back to your list of questions that you're asking the hotel. I would imagine <laughs> you're doing repeat business, right? Yeah. So in your initial conversations, as you're getting set up, are you asking like, are there any deals if we're going to do multiple events? You know, mm-hmm. we do you let them know up front? Like we intend to be a long-term business partner. So what does that look like in this first deal that we're doing? Like, does that come mm-hmm. in at the beginning for you? Yeah. I mean, for most of those, we'll book it. We'll book all 10, 12 events, whatever it is on the same contract. So we're going to say, hey, I want my September through May meetings all on one contract, put the deposit down for that. And then, you know, they're, they're usually pretty, I mean, that's where it's been really helpful for us to have venues that we go back to on a regular basis, because we can, I mean, automatically say, Hey, there's no room rental. If we hit this minimum, this is what the minimum is. And, you know, whether you have 10 or 50 or 150 or 300 at the max, this is your minimum. And then this, these are our menu prices. That's that's the kicker that I found too, is like, okay, so you have your minimum, which is great. So you're talking about, I'm talking still in lunches. So right. you're talking, you know, a two, two hour event. You got to look at menu prices because if your menu prices are then, you know, $60 a head, I mean, that can, that can bust, 25%. bust your, yeah, that can bust your budget real quick. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking at something that's like a hundred people and you need your, and your minimum's like, say $2,000, $2,700, whatever, around in there. The client doesn't understand minimums versus right. menu pricing. They think that the minimum is then what you're paying. And so you kind of have to say like, no, like this is our menu price. We have to hit this many people mm-hmm. to be able to break even. So, I mean, right. it's it's trying to say, figure out, I know that's one of your questions down the road is like, you know, how do you translate it into something that your clients will understand? Because, yeah. You know, you, you get too much into planner speak and not enough into just English and, you know, you'll lose them. <laughs> right. Right. No, I, it's perfect the way you put that. Cause, cause that planner speak, right. That's such a good way to say it. Cause we have like venue speak, right. The hospitality side, and then you've got planner speak. And now we've taken that information. We've translated it. We've converted the number of tables, whatever it might be. We've done the math on the service percentage, and now you're talking to your client. And again, in your position 
as an AMC, you know, you've got different clients, everybody has different needs, you're maybe, you know, kind of putting things on top of each other, or you're, you're, I hate to use the word middleman, but you're the Mm -hmm. representative, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're the one facilitating between what the client needs or fit, you know, you're, you're finding out what they need or determining what they need and then having that conversation with your venue. So what does that look like for you? Like what are things that you either are asking your sales reps or getting from your sales reps to be able to turn around and either sell to your client or to kind of give them the, like, these are the facts that we want to help you understand so that we can make a choice. Cause we know there's a lot of superfluous information that's going to be important to you. That's not ever going to get to your client because that's why they've hired you. Right. So, yeah. So Um, how do you do that? So mostly, I mean, I try to figure out what's the, what's the way that we can get the best deal for the client. You know, Mm -hmm. like I know what their budget is. I know what's reasonable. Like, I think that's the piece where you kind of just try to kind of make it into like, okay, what's going to be the best package for all parties involved. And, and definitely, you know, being the middleman is not to say, you know, I, I don't mind that because I feel like that's a place where, you know, then I can walk away with, okay, great. We not only have a good, you know, hotel venue partner, we have a good, you know, deal on the table. And then I can really say from there to the client, okay, Hey, this is a good deal. Like take it. You're, mm-hmm. this, this is, this is really good. But also, you know, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to negotiate it hard too. to say like, all right, you, like I, I need to get them to a place where, you know, we're working with nonprofits, we're working with boards that change every year. Um, you know, we have to be, we have to set them up for success or else they're not going to sustain, you know, they, mm-hmm. it, it has to be a good experience all, you know, for everybody. And, right. and since a lot of ours are repeat business, that makes a big difference for the ones that, you know, aren't, you know, like I don't go to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma very often or Albuquerque super often, but those are, those are places that I'm going to probably go back to eventually, but, mm-hmm. you know, having a good relationship and still being able to say, Hey, this was a good deal. Um, and I think it's also a lot of it, I think is educating the client ahead of time to say, you know, I have a client that we did. The first conference I did with them was in Albuquerque. The second one was in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And this year is going to be in Houston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this year, it was 2020 was supposed to be in Houston. Sure. 2021 <laughs> is now in Houston. But I just but, relabeled all my files that said 2020 to 2020-2021. Right. So yeah. I'm it's, just lumping them as yeah. like one big orb of a year. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Just, you know, copy, repeat, but educating our clients and saying, Hey, in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, I could get you lunch for $18 a person. Yeah. That's not going to be the case in Houston. You know, like (laughs) it's not like that's, and we saved a lot of money from, you know, Albuquerque, like Albuquerque was still, it was more than, you know, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. And that's what I try to also tell the venue to say, Hey, like, I know that your normal minimum might be $65,000 for this event. I need it to be 40, you know, because their sticker shock is going to come off of last year. Their minimum was 20. And if they see 65, they're going to freak out. (laughs) And so, you know, just being able to say on both sides of the fence, like you're going to pay more because you're in a major market Mm -hmm. versus what you're used to paying. And that's okay because we're going to charge accordingly for the attendees. We're going to get more sponsors because we're in an easy to fly into location. It's going to work. Right. But I also need to not have the sticker shock of like, hi, 
hi, here's an $80,000 minimum with attrition of at least, you know, 80, you know, 80% attrition on top of that. And you're like, okay. Don't worry, the sheets are really nice, right? Like there's so much more than that. Because I know, I'm sure like you talk about educating your clients, it's about so many things and you're right, like Broken Arrow in Houston is going to have different numbers, but there's different expectations and there's different experiences. And I'm sure that you're playing to your audience, playing to your client to say, okay, this is what we're going to pay here, but here's also what we're going to get. I'm sure, I'm sure Mm -hmm. all those things go into your evaluation of, you know, we're going to be in a city center where we can Mm -hmm. walk and easily get to food. So we're saving money on transportation and just balancing Mm -hmm. all the features. So I'm sure like, as you're talking to as you're, you know, sourcing that all those things outside of like just the meeting room, the meeting space, mm-hmm. and then what you can do inside of it and how much that's going to cost for those outside factors that play in as well. And what can you do around there? What does the group want to do? Are they inside all day or are they going to be outside a lot? So what needs to be at their fingertips? Like mm-hmm. I would imagine all those factors come into play. Oh yeah. A hundred percent of just being able to say, yeah, what is your experience going to be when we're in town? And, you know, also in, the local sponsors are bigger, different, bigger and different too. So, um, so it's definitely, you know, just trying to put a realistic budget together in general and say, look, we're going to spend more, but we're probably going to bring in more money. And, um, and it's going to be a different experience, you know, versus, versus a small town or tertiary, you know, level city. So for any, you know, we're going to be talking to a lot of different kinds of planners who are in different positions, some of which are, like maybe smaller in-house where they're part of their duties are to plan events, but mm-hmm. they are not, they would not call themselves an, an event planner by trade. Mm-hmm. From your experience, do you have any like little piece of advice or sort of just any like words of wisdom to somebody who's maybe in that position where this isn't their day-to-day, they're not doing 800 a year? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest piece is is to look at the numbers, is to always look at the numbers and see what it's going to work out to, you and know what your break even is, because that's that's going to be big, whether it's a large event or a small event. Um, I mean, that's how I'm working on an event that I have right now. Is I know what my minimum is, and right now, since it's COVID and we're doing it hybrid, I'm looking at AV costs, and I but I've set the stage. I said, okay. AV will be more expensive. <laughs> so, you know, just, you know, trying to set them up. So if, when at the end of the day and we don't make what we typically make on a conference, they're not like, Hey, why do we only net, you know, a thousand bucks? We'll make more than that. But, you know, like, right. but knowing in general, or, you know, like a, a lot of our associations that do monthly meetings, they don't make money on their events. And that's okay because they're meant to be a membership benefit, but knowing that expectation ahead of time so that you're not putting the screws to, you know, to an event to say like, why are we not making more money? Why are we not making more money when you're giving, you know, 200 tickets away and sponsor really free seats? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're never going to cover your cost if you're going to give away that many free tickets, but you're also getting all of the sponsorship revenue, you know, like, and kind of really understanding how the math works. But, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody that's that's doing small events or isn't doing, you know, large events on a regular basis, just being able to look at the numbers and understanding what your minimums are, if you have a room fee, what your AV costs are, and what that looks like with your food, just mm-hmm. kind of understanding how that all works together, which is not, I feel like nobody really explains that to you. 
necessarily like your venues don't they just talk to you like you understand like you know what you're talking about right and, yeah I remember the know. first time somebody said slippage to me I was like uh-huh I remember <laughs> I remember being at an event the first time I was asked about um how many room nights on peak and I was just like a wee baby event planner and I said a number and later I was like I'm really glad that they don't know that I didn't know like like that that was a real conversation because I was like I don't know what that means like what and I remember being like, I think I need to know more. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, that's a big thing that I'm not super, like, super great at because most of our events are day of events or right. multi-day conferences in the city that I live in. So if I have five room nights, those are all my speakers. Like, those are speakers from out of town. <laughs> right. You know, like, and then the rest of my speakers live in town already. And all of my attendees live in town. So, I mean, that's been really hard for me to negotiate for some things too. Like I'll have a multi-day conference, but some people don't even want to touch it because it doesn't have any room nights with it. Right. Well, that's so interesting too. Again, you know, looking at this from, from this perspective is right in your contract negotiations, which I know is something that you enjoy doing (laughs) that, you know, sometimes your, your concessions and amenities and things are probably going to be AV and screens and, a certain number of like comp lunches or parking, right? Whereas for another thing, we're talking about um, room upgrades and suites and um, welcome amenities, maybe for key faculty and a totally different set of set of things that go into of like factors that are going into your negotiation, depending on what kind of event. So, I mean, these things can change so much based on where you are and what kind of event you're doing. And I think if anything, like listening to you talk, it's just that reminder of none of us know it all. And so <laughs> these conversations and talking with each other and admitting the parts that we don't know, admitting and saying like, I haven't done that. I don't know what slippage means. Right. And calling on one another and being collaborative and, and having relationships among ourselves as planners and being involved in our, our industry organizations. I think if nothing else, I think this just emphasized the need for that, for us to to help each other to get the best out of everything. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's kind of hard too, because you don't, you don't want to go into a negotiation with the venue that you, you know, you don't know super well and be like, what? Because then you're like, <laughs> oh crap, I've just shown my whole hand. Like, yeah. right. take, take advantage of me, right? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. Like, <laughs> What, what do I know? You know, like, yeah, you tell me. Yeah, <laughs> Wi Fi, you would give me Wi Fi. That's great. You know, like, yeah, right, right. You no, know, play it cool. Like, we need a poker face. Right. Yeah. Once well, so, I mean, I remember a couple of them that I did the first couple of conferences. To your point, Katie, totally just, mm-hmm, well, blah, 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 blah. And they'd be like, okay, well, we can do this. And I'd be like, cool. Didn't know I could get that. <laughs> awesome. Or they'd be like, uh, your minimum is going to be 15,000. I'd be like, uh, can you do, can you do eight? And he'd be like, no, but I can do 10. Great. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like my normal spend is probably 20, but I'll take, I'll take 10 as my minimum. That would be good. You know? And some of it, honestly, some of it's just being scared too. It's just, it's yeah. just like, what if I don't have anybody come, you know, it's an oh, yeah. event. It's, We've, we're putting this one awards event outside for the first time. Like we're trying to negotiate this contract and they're like, what if nobody comes? Yeah. Mm. That's, I mean, that's the game that we all play, right? Like that right. game of risk. Like if when we don't have historical data and 
proof of, you know, any kind of analytics of when people come and when they don't and they like it better in the evening or the, like, mm-hmm. I mean, it takes years to build that kind of assurance to say, this is how many mm-hmm. people we know we can expect. And this is when they like to be there. And mm-hmm. otherwise, I mean, we, we, you just do your best and start somewhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's for, for that event, like now we're getting closer for, for that particular event. And mm-hmm. we have, way more sponsors than we thought we would get. We've sold, I mean, it's just like, we're like, oh, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, we thought, we thought if we had a, you know, $15,000 minimum, we were going to be like, it was just too high. So we went with a venue that gave us an $8,000 minimum because we're like, hey, at the end of the day, it's an $8,000 minimum. That's Mm -hmm. it. Like, we can, we can do that. You know, we can, if we have to scrap the whole thing, we can still spend $8,000 and we'll be okay. But, you know, now it's like, oh, well, good. I'm glad we decided on this venue because it works because now we have a lot of sponsors. So we're going to have people and looking at what a caps look like, we're going to have to cap it. it. We cap it to 200, you know, we don't want to have more than that. So it's just, it's kind of crazy to just try to play that game of risk, really. Well, I know, Logan, you've given us so much time. I want to be mindful of it. I am laughing to myself. And I guarantee you, Amanda Duran is laughing at me because I always say like, guys, this is how long we're going to do this thing today. And I have really great intentions and they never work. (laughs) She's actively laughing at me. If you can't hear her, I want you guys to know that Duran is laughing because, but at least I own it, I guess. Like, I am not short-winded, whatever. These conversations are so intriguing to me and I could spend another two hours. Logan, you and I always get deep into it. And I love sharing our experiences and talking with you because there is just something really great about having these conversations with like-minded people or who, who understand and then learning and gleaning from each other. So I can't thank you enough for spending that time with us today. It sounds like I'm closing. I'm not. Um, I have a hand, like a couple of tiny quick questions, but I know that you have somewhere else that you need to be. So, um, Duran, I, I think we should do at least like one or two of our rapid fire questions. And then Logan, the other thing that I just want to know from you is, you know, we're doing this podcast as a planner. What, what could make it helpful, beneficial, interesting to you as our audience? We want to bring good content. You know, we're not doing this for us. We're doing this for our industry and our community. What, what can we do in that sense? I think, I think being able to educate planners would be huge. So if you can get somebody from, from the different hotels to say like, what is a real, like, what's something reasonable to ask? You know, is it, you know, what's a hard cost versus a soft cost for you? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, is Wi-Fi really, does it need to be $15,000 for Wi-Fi for everybody? Like, is that a, <laughs> is that a hard cost? Like, do you have some room there? But I mean, even just like educating people on like slippage, like we talked about, or attrition or knowing what peaks are or just minimums, what's in general, you know, like, and just trying to kind of understand that from even a venue side or other planners would be really helpful, I think, for the community and would be stuff that I would send my staff to, to say, hey, you know, as you're learning, listen to this episode, because it'll actually teach you a couple of things that, you know, then we can talk about it and have something that's not just me talking to them because after a while they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. We've heard it before. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Duran rapid fire. Okay. So Logan, 
If you could go anywhere or stay anywhere, where would it be? I'm probably back to either London or Seville, Spain. Anything specific? Like any reason? <laughs> Is there any like thing that's in your mind? Something that sticks out. Yeah. I don't know. Seville's like beautiful. It's really cool. London was the first place I went to abroad. So it just kind of has a special place in my heart. And it's just fun. Or Hawaii. I love Hawaii. <laughs> It doesn't. It's so I mean, nice. Yep. Florence. I love Florence. Yeah, there's a lot of places. I don't know. There's a lot of places I haven't been yet. So there's still the bucket list is long. Yeah. Okay. So here's the next one. Okay. What is your favorite thing about traveling to new venues? And I'm curious, like from your perspective as like personal, but also as a planner. Cause I know when I travel, I have like both of my brains. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, I love even just going to new restaurants cause we love to, to, but I'm like, do you guys have, do you have event space? You know, I mean, even when we're out of town, I'll be like, do you have event space? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you confess that. Cause like my thing is always like, I'll be on a trip with friends and I'm like, hang on, I'm just going to sneak over here to the conference center just for like one sec. And I'm like, right. look at this ballroom. And they're like, can yeah. we go to lunch? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When it's, I'm like, I mean, look at the bathrooms. <laughs> I mean, truly most of my events are in Houston if they're not in Texas. And so it's just kind of funny to be like, show, show me your event space. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I won't ever have an event here, but I'd love to see your space. Yeah. <laughs> I might, you yeah. know. You never know. Next time you're there, tell them that you um, know a podcast they should be a part of. Right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You can co-host us. Okay. And I think our last question for you is how did you get into this industry? Or, or you could say, what's your favorite thing about it? So you can either or that one. Oh gosh. I mean, I just love event planning in general. Like it's just, it's just a lot of fun. I feel like it's a piece of the puzzle um, to put together. Association management is a lot of fun for me too. Um, I tell prospective clients, is, well, probably shouldn't tell prospective clients, but I like the broken ones. Like give me, give me the stuff that's just like, it's just broken or like throw me into a conference and just, just break it all. Just, just mm -hmm. break it and, you know, have a, have no more chicken and we got to figure something out and just like, you know, make it interesting. Right. Like, right. Just I feel it. a reality TV show coming on. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's not a bad idea like, there. I mean, Same producers, if you're out there, we're not saying no. <laughs> well, it's just right. like, you know, when your speaker doesn't show up mm -hmm. or, you know, the, venue isn't set in your 10 person rounds or like mm -hmm. your like classroom mm -hmm. style like theater we didn't even talk about theater like how right. did this happen you know or who told oh, you chevron you check the space the night before and it's all set and ready to go and you get there at five in the morning and it's completely different than you than it was supposed to be yeah That's, yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. and you're like uh <laughs> I did order microphones. Oh, my favorite. My favorite was get to a, a conference. It's at a very, you know, large conference venue. Like we have eight breakout rooms. We have a huge general session room. Um, so we order Wi-Fi. We have laptops, which the client 
purchased previously. They've had them for quite a few years, but they like using those. It's a way to save for technology. They own their own projectors for all their breakout rooms. We, we rent stuff for the big session room, rent Wi-Fi. They only turn on five gigahertz of Wi-Fi. They don't turn on 2.4. So none of our, you know, our laptops, which are a little bit older, nothing can connect to the internet. They're bringing me over all these like converters that we're going to have to put in. And then somebody, somebody who is really great at his job goes, why didn't you turn on the 2.4 gigahertz or, you know, megahertz? I think it's megahertz. And I'm like, seriously, (laughs) like, Look at our, we've been here for four years ordering the same internet. Why would you not turn on both? You know, like my sponsors can't get online. My speakers can't like, it's, it's just like, not everybody has 5G, like turn on (laughs) 2.4. And like, who, like, I mean, like planners know a lot of random stuff, right? Like we wear a lot of hats. We know a lot of stuff, but like, I am not an IT specialist. I do not understand Wi-Fi. I do not actually, like, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I do not fully understand the gigahertz and the mega. Like, I'm not going to say it the right one. This is where I'm going to lean on right. the expert, right? Like, Yeah. I, I mean, I, at that point, I'm like, I got 700 people here, and only half of them can get on the internet, and I'm paying you $15,000 for internet for two days. Like, could you help? <laughs> <laughs> help <laughs> i'm calling this the main sales guy on his phone he's out with his you know sick mom i'm just like oh. anybody anybody answer the phone <laughs> help me <laughs> but you know so what if you're listening put on the list of when you're sourcing make one of your questions who will help me with my wi-fi yeah right and just turn on 2.4. Doesn't matter if it's like go. 10 years from now. Just turn on both. Not right. everybody has not everybody has 5G. They just don't. You know, that's mm-hmm. the moral of our story here. Turn on yes. all the internet. All the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that was a fun one. I was like, oh, this is a new one. Nobody's broken a conference like this before. So, you know, <laughs> nobody's broken it. <laughs> just break it. We'll figure it out. I like the broken ones. Logan, we love you. We (laughs) appreciate you so much. I think I could keep going here for another three hours, but out of respect for your time, because I know you have lots to do, (laughs) we will let you go. Um, Before we jump off, like what else can our listeners know? We went, we're going to tag you. We're going to post you. We're going to share with you guys a little bit more about Logan. If you want to learn more about her, get to know her, her ping her, ask her a question. She's she's really great. Um, but anything else you want our listeners to know before we shut it down? Yeah. I mean, if I can help, reach out to me. I'm definitely happy, happy to do that. And check out HSAE if you're ever in Houston or if you want to check out any of our events. It's the Houston Society for Association Executives. So we're a lot of meeting planners as well as association people. And I mean, truly that's that's a huge piece of, of what I love working on is helping other people. So yeah. That's, awesome. Yeah. Well, planners, listeners, um, you guys know we're gonna have uh, some extra resources and we'll put some stuff in our show notes. And um, we can't wait for you guys to hear some more of our planner perspectives. And um, I think that's it. Amanda, anything else we need to shout out? 
No, I think I think we're good. Thanks a lot, Logan. Awesome. Okay, you guys go have yeah. an awesome day. Thanks, you guys. Hi again, Planagers. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Be sure to check out the extra resources from this episode linked in the show notes and on our website, immwell.com. Make sure to follow So Many Places to Go podcast on Instagram and Facebook or International Meeting Managers on LinkedIn because you never know when you'll find those bonus surprises. Most importantly, we hope you reach out to our guests and partners to learn more. We know so many of you out there love to travel and experience new destinations and venues for clients and yourself. Until next time, our team will be working hard to travel the globe and bring you along to some of the most amazing places to go. This podcast is produced by Agency Podcasts. Do you have a great place we should go? Let us know in the comments, in an email, or send us a message.